Hey, AV Clubbers, this is your editor-in-chief, and it is time again for Mom on Pop. It's the podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, you know her and love her, weighs in on all sorts of pop culture. Mom, how are you today? I'm very well. Today we're going to be talking about HBO's Silicon Valley, uh, and we'll get to that, but uh, first it's time to catch up. Mom, how have you been? I've been very good. My you... sister is here for a visit, so it's going to be a good, fun week. Oh, nice. What are you guys going to do? Well, I think we're going to go to the Vermont Country Store, and I think we're going to go to Maine, because I really would like to smell the ocean and eat some lobster. What are you going to these other states for? You can do all that in New Hampshire. Well, because... Because in Maine, we can go to the Kittery Trading Post, and they have a lot of fun stuff. And what is the Vermont Country Store? Um, It's like old-fashioned stuff, a lot of food, a lot of food, a little bit of everything, clothes. You're not going to buy any of that Vermont maple syrup, are you? Never, never, never. Okay, good. It's New Hampshire all the way. That's right. Wow, well, that's quite a week you have planned. And that's not even all of it. Well, what else is there? Well, we like to go to Concord. My sister and I like to go go to Concord and eat a hot dog from the hot dog lady (laughs) from the Puppy Palace. That's still there? It is. Wow. Okay. And then she likes to look at Joe King's for shoes because she has little feet. Oh, I can't believe Joe King still exists. Yeah. They have a little feet section? I have a children's section. Uh, she has feet that small? Yes. Huh. I didn't know that. Very small. So they, they usually have a nice selection of more mature shoes. So she likes to take a look uh, there. I see. I see. I have in my notes here political requests in obituaries. It's a topic you want to discuss. So oh, yeah. what is this? Well, this is a new thing that's coming up in the. Uh, it's coming up in New Hampshire, and I, I imagine it's coming up other places because we're not really trendsetters. But people that are uh, putting political requests, such as "Please do not vote for Donald Trump," <laughs> or "Miss Betty would really like you not to vote for Hillary," and they're putting this right in their obituaries. Wow, and this is a new phenomenon you've witnessed? Yes. You know, before, I would have to say the best obituary I ever read was about a woman, and they put in there that she loved a good nap. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, for her dirt nap. Well, <laughs> no. She's getting the best nap of all. Well, it's the ultimate one for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just thinking... How long before we're, we're at stuff like Mr. Smith always took his car to Tom's garage and you should <laughs> take your car there. How far away are we from that? Yeah, yeah, it is bizarre. And it, it's, uh, it's sad, isn't it, to have, that, to have that be your parting shot? Just some petty, ephemeral election thing? I don't really know what I think about it. I think I would rather, especially for it to be... Now, is it... You've seen them expressed in these negative terms. You're saying, don't vote yes. for Trump. Don't vote right. for Clinton. Right. That's sad to me. It's it's sad that the, the political polarization of the country has, has seeped into people's consciousness that deep. 
that they feel the need for that to be their last message to the world. Of all the things you could want to pass on, it's sad, isn't it? I don't know. Do you, is that how it hits you? I find it, I find it sad, yes. I, okay. I, it's too petty. Well, when I saw it, all I thought of was, hot damn, this is going to be something good to talk about. Because I do wonder, where, where are we going with all this? Well, look, you know, having uh, having a new baby, this has been all this Trump stuff has been extra disquieting to me because yeah. every day I just think, what kind of world have I brought this child into? Yeah, I, I mean, all the rules are out the window. The political world makes so little sense, and it seems to be defined so much by anger and by yeah. negativity, like negativity. you're seeing in these obituaries. Yeah. Oh, man, it's it's tough. It is tough. I agree that it's tough, and it's uh, it's frightening. I just want Leo to have a better world than I grew up in. Uh, but I feel like I grew up in a pretty good world, all things considered. I think it's a good time to be alive. There's certainly many, many problems with the world, but I think it's a good time to be alive. And I certainly have grown up with all the privileges. And I, you know, I want Leo to have all the opportunities, but... Boy, sometimes you extrapolate out this Trump stuff and just think, where are we headed? And you know, Johnny, every generation thinks they grew up in the best time. Yeah. You know, I could I could compare my childhood to yours and say it was much simpler, it was much more innocent. Yeah. And you could say, oh, I had computers, I had the internet, I had the world at my fingertips, and, and you look at that as, ideal and heaven only knows what leo's gonna have yeah who knows uh but yeah i do feel very lucky too i mean i always had a computer in my room since i was very little right i yep. always got the hand-me-down apples and yep. i loved that and started programming them a little bit and uh I feel very lucky to have been around for the dawn of the internet and to have been using that from the very beginning uh yeah i wonder what it will be for little leo probably snapchat or, or what was that silly thing you wanted everybody to use? Uh, me, Tomo? Yes, your friends. Love that, me, Tomo. Are you using it? Yeah, every day Is I anyone check out? in on it. Yeah, I got a bunch of people on there. There's not a ton of my friends on there, uh, but uh, yeah, it's fun. I think I've got about a dozen friends on it. And how frequently do you check it or... Once a day, I'd say, and then I make some comments, and I, uh, you know, look at pe the comments people left on my little questions. If you're not familiar, uh, Me Tomo is a new app from Nintendo. It's a very simple uh, social networking app. Uh, it just sort of peppers you with these little conversation starter questions, and it just starts little chats um, that are ongoing between your friends, uh, and you can also dress up your little me, and that's about it. It's so simple and straightforward, and I like how it doesn't make me agitated like Facebook can or like Twitter can, and I don't, you know, I'm not worried if I say something untoward on Twitter that I'll get people after me and hitting me with their nasty at replies, although that rarely happens to me, but it's a concern. And this is just sort of a cute, fun, laid back social networking thing. I really like it. Mitomo, M-I-I-T-O-M-O, -I -I -O -O, if you want to check it out, it's on the App Store. And and Johnny's only accepting friends. That's right. Well, you didn't want to use it, so it's your loss. Well, I don't know how to use it. 
Well, you already said no to it, so I'm not going to tell you how. Well, I was just making a joke. Oh, very funny. It was not funny. <laughs> You're such a brat, John. Uh, hey, should we play uh, Was Abby Right? Yes. Okay. In Was Abby Right, Mom and I read a letter from the Dear Abby column from the newspaper, and uh, Mom and I decide if Abby was right. Really, Mom decides. I just, I, I make comments, but Mom is the final judge here. So I have a letter here, Mom, from the April 29th edition of Dear Abby. The headline on it is, Mom fears strapless dress could reveal too much of her suit bridesmaid. Did you read this one? Oh, yes, I did. Okay, here it is. Dear Abby, my son is getting married in the fall, and we're all looking forward to the celebration. There's just one problem. My daughter will be in the wedding, and the bridesmaid's dresses are strapless. She will look beautiful in the dress, but she adopted a, quote, hippie lifestyle a year ago and stopped shaving her armpits. The bride-to-be asked me how to approach her to request that she remove her armpit hair on the day of the wedding. Is there a tactful way to approach this without offending my daughter and possibly causing bad feelings between her and the bride? Signed, Unsure in New Jersey. Mm. Is there a tactful way to approach this? I'm not sure that there is. Let's see what Abby says. Dear Unsure, I would discourage you from doing that. Although every bride wants her wedding to be perfect, there's a point at which she must realize there are some things she can't control. An example of where that boundary should be drawn would be at her bridesmaid's armpits. During a formal wedding ceremony, bridesmaids usually keep their arms down, so unless your daughter's pit hair is so long she can braid it, it should not distract attention from the bride. P.S. If hairy armpits in the wedding pictures concern her, they can be photoshopped off. Wow, Abby, quite the expert in computer uh, graphics, apparently. <laughs> Uh, um, okay, so what did you think of this letter, Mom? Well, I think... I, I just don't know why dear Abby is all prissy and proper about this. <laughs> it's arm hair. It's armpit hair, for Christ's sake. If you can't say to your daughter, hey, do you think you could shave that off for the wedding and, and look like you weren't raised by Tarzan? What do you think, huh? Well, can't you have that kind of an honest conversation? I mean, and then can... the kid could say no, but it, I don't know why you have to tippy toe around it. So you think if the kid said no, you'd let it drop? You would ask, but you wouldn't create an extended argument out of it. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, I think that's fair. I don't think that, I don't. You can't make somebody do something. No, but you think it's fair to ask? I do. Don't you? Well, I guess it's a tough one though because it sounds like it sounds like the daughter this is a important belief for her, you know. She's clearly decided that she's not going to follow these artificial gender norms, which is her right. Um and it's it's something personal. I actually I took note when Abby said that the line that boundary should be drawn at the armpits cuz she was making a little joke there, but I actually think armpits are on the line. You know, it's is it too personal to to really approach someone about that? Clearly Abby thinks so, and I guess I kind of lean that way, but Oh, I think you're I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. You're that you're being too sensitive. <laughs> you're being too sensitive. 
I mean, I just don't see that it's personal and private. You know, we're not talking about, hey, did she have a bikini wax? For God's sake, it's just her armpit hair. There's nothing sacred about that. Maybe she has an armpit hair competition she's going to be in the following week after the wedding. Well, those are some facts that we need to hear then. <laughs> um, what if it were what if it were tattoos? You know, Jenna, my little sister, has a great many tattoos, as you yeah. are aware, more all the time, it seems. Uh, and uh, would you ask her to cover up her tattoos if the, it were a formal occasion? I don't think so. No. No, and I and I think tattoos are very accepted, and more so than armpit hair. Oh, well, would you like it if your wife stopped shaving her armpits, or would you care? Uh, I I don't think that would be uh, attractive to me. If it were a personal choice for her, what could I say? I would accept it, but right. uh, that would not be my preference. No. Right, and let's face it. There's this is so disgusting. But, you know, there's more, if there's more hair there, then there's more potential for smelliness. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's true, Ma. Well, I bet if you and I went out and did something together, you would be smellier than me. Well, but I have a whole different set of hormones and bacteria and whatnot. I don't think you can compare a uh, 35-year-old man to a, a slightly older woman. Well, I don't know why you men don't shave your armpits too anyway. Well, I don't know I don't know why either. I mean, who knows how these standards came about? Do you know what I mean? I do. I mean, and I feel sorry for you that you a lot of you shave every day and have to run that that nose thing in your nose <laughs> and you know, that's a shame. I'm sorry that you have to do that, but you know, let's 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 maintain some civility. Okay. So I, uh, I, I don't know. I just don't see, you know, what do you say? Oh, look at my armpit hair. What is that? What is that statement? I don't even understand it. Well, do you I think, understand? Yeah, I think it's a statement that you don't buy into these arbitrary beauty standards that women have to conform to. Well, just don't wear makeup. We'll look at your your barren face and, and get the whole idea. You, you don't need to grow your armpit hair. <laughs> barren, really? That's well, that's quite a loaded term. I know, I know, I know. All right, well, that's my take on it, okay. that I think everybody's tippy-toeing around it like she has a big wart on her shoulder that should be removed. I don't know, it's stupid. Okay, so you think Abby was wrong on this one? I do. Okay. What do you think? Oh, well, you think she was right. I... Basically. I think she was right with the caveat that it depends on the relationship that you have with your daughter, right? Some... Like, I feel like you could ask me about anything, and I wouldn't take it personally. You know, I could... I might say, no, I don't know what the comparable uh, thing would be for this, but maybe I would say no to something like this, but you could ask me about anything, and I wouldn't be offended by it. Right. Uh, but it sounds like be she's because she's worried about offending her daughter, maybe she doesn't have uh, as close a relationship. Well, then, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, what a mess. So I think Abby was probably right here. No, she wasn't. Okay. <laughs> well, you win. It's it's <laughs> Your opinion is the one that counts on Mama Pop. So okay. Abby was wrong as far as this segment is concerned.
Hey, let's talk about Silicon Valley, huh? Uh, okay. Okay. Silicon Valley tells the story of brilliant programmer Richard Hendricks, who tries to use his world-class compression algorithm to get rich and change the world. He finds that you can do one or you can do the other, but it's pretty damn tough to do both. Okay, let me get this straight. First, you talked me into going business-facing, and now you want to eliminate the entire neural net from the platform? Jan, director inside sales. They call me Jan the man. Yes, I, we know. Jan the man. Listen, uh, we have to do neural net for deep learning. Look, once we get enough data flowing through the system, it will be able to recognize long-range patterns and actually learn. It will be able to optimize our algorithm on its own, increasing our already superior speed and efficiency. Right? Pretty cool. Huh? But it won't be able to do that if we delete it. Do you get that? But you just said it. It requires a central repository of data, right? Businesses want to protect their data. They're huge pussies when it comes to security. Okay, well, we're not cutting machine learning. We're not. If we cut that, we might as well cut peer-to-peer -peer delivery and all the efficiencies of the cloud. Are those still in? No, those have to go also. What? Keith, by the way. I know your name. Okay, I know everybody's name. Look, uh, we can't cut everything about this platform that makes it revolutionary just because that's a little harder for you guys to sell, all right? If we want to sell out, let's just sell all the way out. Let's just take the algorithm, jam it into a metal fucking box, stick it in the back of a data center somewhere so it can't connect to anything, and it just sits there and no one even knows it's there. Doug, still shadowing Keith. When you say metal box, you're talking about a rack-mounted server type appliance? No, no, no. I am using it as a rhetorical example of a bad idea. That's fucking stupid. Silicon Valley stars Thomas Middleditch, T.J. Miller, and Kumail Nanjiani, among others. It airs Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern on HBO, and of course it is available on HBO's streaming apps. Mom, did Silicon Valley upload its way into your heart? No. No. Now, you watched every episode. I thought you watched the show. I thought that you and Dad watched the show. But over the past few days, you've watched all 20 episodes that have aired so far. Is that right? Yes, I have, because I take my duties very seriously. Wow. So we're all the way into season three now. You're caught up. Uh, why didn't you care for it? Did well, you hate it, or did you kind of like it, kind of not like it? Well, I hated it. <laughs> I hate it. I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, okay. First, let me just start with something good, okay? My favorite thing is the opening. Oh, it is a great opening, isn't it? There's a lot of little in-jokes in there about um, the comings and goings of Silicon Valley, actual yeah. Silicon Valley companies. I love that opening. Love the opening. It's very, very clever. Talk, for people who haven't seen the show, can you describe it? Well, it looks a little bit like um, The Simpsons hmm. um, might be, in that things are growing here with under this name, and there's a, a little Twitter bird, and just any, any little logo that you can think of from the computer, and they're there, and then they're not there, and then they're replaced by something else, and it, it's, uh, it just keeps moving very fluid. It really gives you a feel for the constant upheaval in the yes. actual Silicon Valley. Yes, and it's done beautifully. Very cute, very pretty, yeah. It sort of reminded me of that uh, poster that you used to have in your office. The uh, E-Boy poster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. of, of New York. 
Right. Yeah, a very similar uh, style, now that you mention it. Not quite pixel art like the uh, e-boy thing is, but uh, primary colors and bold lines uh, and just fun to look at. And I watched it all, uh, for every show that I saw. I watched it over because it was so interesting. And they change but, it. Yeah. Yeah, they change it over time. But aside from the opening, you didn't like anything about this show? I really didn't like anything, but I was curious always to see the next episode to see if something was going to give. And for me, these people are so pathetic and so stereotypical and so static in their in their own piss that it just it's depressing. I couldn't believe that it's classified as a comedy. <laughs> in I mean, their own no... piss. What an image. Um, so you have Richard, who I mentioned in the intro. Yeah. He's the main character. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Ehrlich, who, uh, Ehrlich Bachman, who's r- ran this uh, incubator, quote-unquote incubator, out of his, out of his house um, for new businesses. And then you have the... Other programmers, basically, uh, Gil Foyle, um, who's played by Martin Starr of Party Down fame, and Dinesh, uh, who's Kumail Nanjiani. And uh, I love, don't you love Jared? You don't love Jared, Richard's kind of assistant does, and business does advisor? Does he play guy? anything but that type of person? Well, I think he specializes in that type of character, yeah. You know him from The Office, right? You remember him being on The Office? No, he's from Parks and Rec. Uh, no, he was on The Office. The wussy guy? Yeah, late seasons of The Office. Well, I thought he was on Parks and Rec. Well, we could argue about this for the entire running time of the uh, podcast, but I assure you that I'm, that I'm right. Well, then who am I thinking of that's on Parks and Rec? <laughs> I, I don't know. We could be at this all day. <laughs> who, who, who was married to Amy Poehler? Adam Scott was on Parks and Rec. And party down. All right. So you don't like any of the supporting characters either? I don't. What am I supposed to think about these people that are running Silicon Valley? They're, and this is, this is my representation of them. They're all a bunch of nerds. Okay. They have no life, no girlfriends, and, you know, no parents, no nothing. This is their life, living in this house with this guy that that hit it big once, it's just, they're millionaires, they're not millionaires. They're millionaires, they're not millionaires. Yeah. It never stops. It just goes on and on and on. Oh, we failed. This is a good thing. Enough already. Let me see something real. Well, I think that they're, I, I mean, I, having followed uh, the comings and goings of actual Silicon Valley for some time, I think that there's a lot of reality to the show. Well, then I'm very depressed that these people are living in a house and all they eat is cereal. (laughs) And their language is terrible. And really, Johnny, really, and I'm really sorry, and I'm going to say this, and maybe you shouldn't listen, but how many times do I have to listen to somebody threaten to fuck you up the ass so hard that... Something is going to happen. Really? I mean, God, can't somebody write something clever? 
too graphic for you? Yes. And did I really need to see a horse <laughs> on on having a, a sex with another horse? Did I need to see that? Who are who are they writing this for? And really, the writers, what are their mothers thinking? Look how clever my son is. Isn't he a stitch? Oh, my God. I think it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really mean that. I know you're laughing, but really, Johnny, do you still think it's funny when somebody says that about fucking you up the ass so hard? They say it constantly. Um. I guess it depends, but sure, I could find it funny sometimes. I find it pretty funny hearing you say it. <laughs> well, I'm not trying to make you laugh. I'm saying that's not funny. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The uh, horse sex scene was pretty graphic, and it did go on for a while, huh? A little too long. It wasn't, a little too long. It wasn't just a glimpse. Well, I, and I found myself turning my head like I was in the room watching it with somebody. Really, it was, that's how horrible it was. Well, but it's funny because it's so humiliating for Richard. Don't you, don't, there's no comedy in, there for you and Richard having to stand there talking business while this madness is happening before him? Well, if they hadn't gone back for the second Yeah, it was gratuitous it, to go back the second time, yeah. But and, it's... Basically, the modern equivalent of the I Love Lucy chocolate factory scene. Oh, yes. Think? Yes, it is. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, come on. What do you find so enchanting about this? Now, really, given that I said that, that this is what they talk about all the time, mm -hmm. and there's no girlfriends, so they're always talking about masturbating. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just couldn't get enough. I just so enjoyed all these subjects. Well, in fact, the masturbating was uh, formed the uh, climax of the first season. Well, wasn't that a clever sentence? What do I find enchanting about it? Is, is that what, what the question to me? Yes, that was the question. I find the characters charming. I love Gilfoyle. I love the uh, relentless cynicism of Gilfoyle. Um, I love Ehrlich uh, just sort of dumbing around, basically, getting high and scrounging around for money and demanding respect that he doesn't deserve. I find him very amusing. Um, and I also appreciate the... Uh, exaggerated reality of the situations that Richard ends up in and the uh, sort of Gordian knots that the business standards of Silicon Valley tie him into um, where he's damned if he does and he, he's damned if he doesn't. I mean, like I said in the in the intro, I really enjoy his struggle to have an idea that that makes the world better and to be a, a success and his concern about um, getting rich and having status in Silicon Valley. And I am entertained and I get wrapped up in his struggle every season. Mm -hmm. um, Don't you find it unusual that of the, what is there, about seven of them, that nobody looks around and says, wait a minute. This is just like living in an ant farm. Well, but that's purposeful because it's a they live in a world 
where that stuff doesn't matter. It's all about the ideas, and it's all about this race to have your idea win out over the next guy's idea. So the usual trappings of business um, and some of the trappings, frankly, of polite society even mm. fall by the wayside because they are so intensely focused on the ideas and the technology. Right. Which I think removes them from real life. You know, it's almost like if somebody came up with an app for, well, for instance, remember when Jenna used to play Sims? Yeah. It was sort of like, you know, you could go out and go shopping yourself without sending that person out to go shopping. And yeah. It's just weird to me. What does that have to do? What parallel are you drawing with the show? Well, it's just that it's an app. Here's, you know, like what was the... the Nip peek, or there was huh? an app for if somebody saw a nip slip. Oh, on the show, you mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 actually developed it. Uh, you know, it's sort of like any pukey idea you can come up with. Let's make an app for it. Well, but that's not what Richard's idea is. In fact, one of the striking things to me about the show is that Richard's idea is kind of hard to understand for uh, a technological novice, I would imagine, because it's all about data compression. Um, right. And I think that gives the show some narrative flexibility, actually, because data compression could be applied to anything. So they can take the show in almost any direction as they are doing uh, this season. Um you know, it's it's becoming it's becoming less and less what Richard thought his technology was going to be about and more about what these salespeople thought it was going to be about, a phenomenon yeah. that I am familiar with myself working in uh, yeah. web media. Um, but it's not his app is not the sort of silly idea app. Those are sort right. of float around the periphery. This is my other question. Who do you trust? Well, I think it's an environment where you you can't really trust anyone. I mean, the, one of the first things that happens is Richard kicks his buddy um, Bigetti to the to the curb, right? And right. so Bigetti has had his own storyline throughout this yep. this whole thing, and I think that set up the principle that you can't trust anyone. And and how how um, false it all is, really, because because he Bigetti went off and by doing nothing became richer and richer and yeah. richer. Yeah. You know, it's absurd. And and yet I have to think there's some reality in all that absurdity. And Definitely. I mean, all that is based on real things that yeah. that happen. It's unsettling to me, not to you. I mean, it is unsettling in the sense that I would not want to exist in that environment. Um Although, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't mind going to work and e sipping big gulps for a year to make a million bucks or what, whatever money he's got coming to him. Yeah. Um, but it is, I mean, there is a dystopian quality to the Silicon Valley on the show because it does always seem that you're just five minutes away from someone screwing you over. Right. Legally or, or um, leapfrogging your technology. And yeah. it really... Uh, you know, I think what I enjoy most about the show is it portrays this dog-eat-dog -dog world with a, a spirit of, of silliness. Like, there, you can feel the tension to it, and you can feel the paranoia that would inevitably set in existing in this world. But I do 
find it fun. I don't find the writing as objectionable as you do. Um, and I find many of the characters really endearing. I like the guys a lot, but I will say this is a show populated uh, mostly by men and uh, created almost entirely by men. So I was interested to get your perspective in particular um, because you are a woman, as we have established. And I often, <laughs> when I'm wondering, and I wonder, like, do I do I find this funny because I'm a guy? Is it a, is it a guy show? And, and I'm not sure about that. And what is that? You're uh, not sure? I'm not sure, but I think there is some of some of that to it. And I'm not I'm not blaming them for this. I'm not really calling them out for it, but I think it's fair to observe that it's a show show starring guys by guys and I think to some degree for guys. But that's also because this is a culture Silicon Valley that is still dominated by men despite yeah. more recent efforts to do something about that. Right. Right. I get what you're saying there. I understand what you're saying there. So I wondered just- if you Yeah, go ahead. Well, I and again, I have to come back to, I'm just a little bit appalled by the language, and I'm I wonder is that how guys talk to each other? Uh, I think it can be a, a little over the top on the show, but of course, guys are going to get more blue when they're not in mixed company. Well, it seems to me that somebody is getting paid to drop the f bomb in almost. <laughs> every third word yeah well it is hbo and there's not a lot of nudity on the show so they've got to justify Thank their hbo ness <laughs> one way or another it just seems such a, a far cry from king of the hill you know right which was also created by mike judge the right. creator of this show very savvy of you to notice that and king of the hill i think is an underrated show i think people don't appreciate perhaps because of the culture that that show revolves around mm-hmm. i think people um you know this midwest uh middle class culture maybe is not as interesting to uh the critical establishment let's say to the degree that that exists yeah um, so i don't think it gets the credit it deserves but that's a really funny show isn't it it is very funny, and I went back and watched all of them um, after it stopped being on the air mm-hmm. and really uh, had a, a bigger appreciation for it than when we saw it once a week. You know, you could watch, you could watch three or four episodes together, mm-hmm. and I think the, the essence of it was stronger that way. Hmm. Why do you think that is? Was there was were there plot lines that were developed between episodes? Not really. No, right? no. But you got to know the characters. You know, there's there's scenes with the friends and scenes with his wife and scenes with his kid and you know. So you just got a better feel for you everybody because feel. you weren't yeah. remembering them from week to week. Right, right. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I would be embarrassed to tell anybody I watched it because I don't think anybody did appreciate it. You shouldn't be embarrassed, Ma. You got to speak up for what you what you like. Well, the people that I talk to have very different likes than I do. Really, like who? Uh, my friend. Your friends in town? Yeah. What do they like? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say. <laughs> okay, this is a this is a podcast where we you know. We talk Don't about your life things. and opinions, you know. 
It's, <laughs> it's hard for people to listen to the thoughts you don't express. Just. <laughs> well, I think I more than disgraced myself on this one, so... I don't. It's entirely fair for you not to enjoy it. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of listeners who who share your opinion, and if well, not, I that doesn't make very, it. Maybe you can put little tweets in there where I said bad words. No, it's it's you know we can say anything on this podcast. Sorry, I don't have I to know. bleep anything. I wish out. I didn't though. <laughs> well, you were just quoting. Yes, right? I was. I really was just quoting. I know. And and I would like to know your opinion. Like when you hear that phrase that you just don't care about that. It doesn't affect me that much. No. Mm. What is something that would affect you? Something that I felt was uh misogynist maybe. Um uh, something Oh, listen to you pandering. <laughs> well, you asked. All right. Well, you have to be truthful too. Well, I am being truthful. What do you mean? All right. Well, that seemed like a free a, a statement that would uh, really please the uh, people that aren't represented on no, this show. No, I'm not looking to please anybody. I'm just telling you what gives me pause and what makes me pull back and think like, ooh, is that is that right? Do they need to do that? Um, and they don't really do that on this show, which no. I think, you know, there's, there's – look, I – as as people may know, I reviewed video games for a long time, and uh, video game writing is generally so bad, and uh, there's a lot of woman hating in the writing of of video games. And, really? Yes, and you know it's it's so casual that sometimes it's hard to notice, but it really is pervasive, and I just got mm -hmm. very tired of it because I felt that it was holding the art form back, and mm -hmm. it was it was hard for me to um, play games with Anna in the room because there would be games that I felt took a very sexist or, uh, yes, even misogynist attitude toward women, and I just, it was so frustrating because you know how deeply I believe in the potential of games as an art form and i would just see it wasted yeah. again and again all right why do you think that they end the this show with all that gangsta crap <laughs> you know that is I, that is uh, an ironic i think that that music there is poking it a little fun because these guys are such ungangsters you know right right yeah. but again I have to question the language. Yeah. You know, who's writing these ugly songs? <laughs> yeah. Talking so, about my pole and my my <laughs> my dick and my you know, it's, it's like, is this is this art? <laughs> I think it is. And that makes me a little sad. Oh. Just because of all the profanity? No, that you think that's art. Oh, huh. Well, what do you care? I don't know. I don't know about the gangster stuff, but I guess it's funny. I just wish that it was more... Clean? Thoughtful. Okay, okay. Uh, so what is your grade for Silicon Valley, Mom? I'm going to give it a C-. minus. Okay, not an F. Usually it's it's A or F for you. Well, I do have to say... That I do like Richard, and I do like the one sensible guy, Jared. Oh, see, now, I I think I asked you multiple times earlier in the discussion if there were any characters you liked, and you said no. 
Well, I don't love them. I don't. I don't love them. I keep thinking that they're gonna. They're gonna. They're the only ones I have any hope for. You don't love Jared. I feel like Jared is almost a stand-in for you because he doesn't. He doesn't engage in any of this uh, lewd talk, and he wants things to be done the right way. Right. I feel well, like you should really be drawn little, to him. I want to see a little temper from him, though. Oh, a you do. A little attitude. I don't think you're going to see that. No, I know, and see, that's why I can't. I can't really love him because I need to have somebody that that says, "Hey, you know, you can't kick me around like that. I don't like that." Oh, don't you just want to give him a hug, though? Yeah, I don't like him that much. <laughs> you know, like let me just tell you this real quick. Okay. The neighbor, I like to feed my crows. I just put it on the ground and they come and they Mm -hmm. eat. I like my crows. Mm -hmm. But the neighbors have a dog that now has taken to crossing the street and eats everything I put out for the crows. So he's eating a lot of junk. You know, he's eating stale pastry. And, and, you know, it makes me feel a little sad for the dog. But, and he has to cross the street. He has to cross the street also. Mm. And, Friday, I just had it. It's been going on for months, and I found a poop in the yard, which I don't have to clean up anymore because we don't have a dog. So I called them, and I said, look, I'm sick. Of, they, they didn't pick up the phone. And I said, look, I'm sick of your dog on the coming over in my yard. It's, it's getting to be a real nuisance, and it isn't safe for your dog to cross the street. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I said who I was and everything, and then I hung up. That's good. It wasn't just an anonymous keep your dog out of my yard right, call. Right, yeah, yeah. And I had already spoken to her about it about a month before. And they always say, oh, sorry, sorry, when the dog, you know, when uh-huh. we're out in the yard yeah. and the dog comes, oh, sorry. How sorry are you? And when I hung <laughs> up the phone, Dad said, uh, wow, you really have a bee in your bonnet today. And I said, what are you talking about? That was a very nice phone call. Right? Well, did you use the wording with them that you used with, with me? I, I think if I had someone on my... By the way, first of all, bold of you to leave this message on the answering machine. Um, I hope they listen to it over and over <laughs> again. Did you say, I'm sick of your dog coming into the yard? Yes. Okay. I, 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 I could have said, hey, this is Bonnie... Tady, keep your goddamn dog off my lawn. I'm sick of picking up poop. I don't have a dog, and I'm still picking up poop, and I'm sick of it. You I know, could have said... You've been criticizing Silicon Valley for uh, the language they used, but... Oh, uh, that was not bad language. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, I did say a curse word. Well, I, that's, that's different. I didn't say the F word. I see. Okay. Continue. So I said that, you know, that's what I really would have liked to have said. Right, right. But but Dad was having none of it. He insisted that I was a little too harsh. And their dog is very old, and it comes across the street, you know. it's It could get hit. Yeah, it could. It sounds like you wish that might happen. No, I don't. I don't wish anything would happen to the dog, because I, I know. know it isn't know. the dog's fault. No, of course not. But I feel bad when he comes over and eats a chocolate snowball, you know? Mm. They're not supposed to have chocolate. And what if you put it in the backyard? Well, I like to sit on the couch and look at the crows. Oh, you can see them from the out the door? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. They are funny, aren't they? Yes, they're very funny. I mean, I think I... you're not really supposed to feed them, but they don't seem to mind. Why shouldn't you feed them? 
Well, aren't they a I mean, I think it doesn't matter in rural Wilmot, New Hampshire, but I think that they're generally considered pests, aren't they? Crows? Yeah. No, I'll tell you what's a pest is those GD Canadian geese that roost down the street. They poop all over the place and it stinks. <laughs> really, they're disgusting. They they have these slimy cigar poops all over the place yeah. and I can't even swim where I used to like to go in and swim because they're all there now having their babies. Oh, you know, they used to be a nuisance at the golf course where I used to work, too. Yeah. I know what you're talking about with those poops. It just seemed to be everywhere when they're coming everywhere. through. Everywhere. Yes. And they're not nice, either. No, they aren't. All right. You are you win. The geese are worse than the crows. The crows are very sweet. You know, hopefully they're eating some bugs out there. Oh, I'm sure they're eating pretty much everything they can get their hands on. They're pretty voracious. Yeah. I guess they don't have hands, though, do they? Well, they don't. <laughs> And they don't like sticky things because it sticks on their beak. They don't. Aww. Like That's cute, though. Yeah. They're funny the way they interact, aren't they? Yes. They have a lot yes. of personality. A lot of personality. And you can train them to talk to you, you know, like respond to you. You can? Well, yeah, because I have one that I go out and say, good morning, good morning. And he'll say something back, something. How cute is that? Yeah. What does Toast, your cat, think of the crows? Oh, he makes that shiver sound. Oh, yeah, I know the one. The sort of chattering of the yes. teeth. Yeah. All right, Mom. Well, uh, I think you liked Silicon Valley a little better than you're letting on, if I can be honest. Well, I hope that we would be honest between us. You watched 20 episodes of it. You couldn't have hated it that much. Well, I take my job seriously. I told you that. And I wanted to do a good job. And... Uh, I didn't get the names right, and I'm sorry for that, but really, <laughs> what okay. a bunch of losers That's they are. Okay. I got the names for you. All right. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next time, but hey, we did it just about a couple of weeks. A couple of yeah, weeks and change. Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, so hopefully we'll be back another couple of weeks with another installment of Mom on Pop. Mom, thank you so much for your insights. And thank you, John. Always, always. I love chatting with you, Mom. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back soon. So long for now. 